good morning to you. I am here. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you, or good for you to see me. Been kind of a weird few weeks. I have, uh, well, we talked about the diabetes thing the other day, and, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, then right after that, I had a birthday on my anniversary. And you want to know what my wife got me for my uh, birthday and anniversary? A code. And I'm just now getting over it. Still have all the uh, Kleenex and supplies here. Matter of fact, I'm at that stage now to where if it's not a code, uh, it must be a uh, allergies, which is possible. So I just took me a allergy medicine. Okay, you're going to be seeing me look at my mail and stuff like that occasionally here because uh, I am a, well, the lead consultant at Tautoma. And if a client calls or emails, uh, well, you got to do what you got to do, right? How is everybody? Good to Good to be back. Hopefully... I'm not kidding. It's been weird the last uh, month and a half. Weird. Health-wise, everything else. I mean, all kinds of things going on, too. That pipeline, isn't that crazy? Uh, the hackers getting into the pipeline. <laughs> Looking at a headline here, Biden. President Biden says Russia has some responsibility in a colonial pipeline attack. I don't know. <clears throat> That's just... Uh, seems to be their go-to. Russia did it. Russia, 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 Russia. <laughs> Almost deflecting, isn't it? All right. Let's... Uh, hey, if you're just tuning in, this is the FBTV podcast. Or, well... Well, it is podcast. But if you are an insider... It, uh, it, uh, is a video podcast, and you may be thinking, if you're, if you're tuned in, there it is, I'm sitting here looking for my pen, my pen, uh, I love these gel pens, but boy, when that clip breaks off, they roll, and they just go anywhere, anyway, what are we talking about today, uh, load boards, that's going to be our topic of the day. Uh, specifically load-to-truck ratios. What are they? What do they mean? Are they even worth paying any attention to? Before we get started in that, told you I am the lead consultant in Tautoa. At Tautoa, we got, uh, there's the uh, website on the screen, Tautoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. If, uh, You're watching this video as an insider, uh, but a lot of information here, so keep that in mind. Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. All kinds of training and consulting packages starting for as little as $295. That's self-study only. But uh, for the live training placement, uh, consulting, all that, they start at $695, so you may want to check that out as well. At Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. Going to do a Q&A today, too. Got a question from Jonathan. Jonathan, I hope you tuned in. Uh, says here, you enjoy listening to the podcast during your LTL runs. 
Anybody not familiar with that term, LTL is short for less than truckload. Just so everybody's on the same page. Already hit one uh, one headline. Biden says Russia has some responsibility in the uh, colonial pipeline attack. And that's causing fuel prices to go up. Matter of fact, the FMCSA has suspended the HOS hours of service rules for fuel haulers in 17 states. Those states include Alabama, Arkansas, uh, D.C., Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. All due to a cyber attack. How can a cyber attack affect loading fuel or oil on a tanker? Sounds more like a logistics thing. They got in their logistics system, really screwed it up, so they don't know what's going on. They're having to figure that out as they go. Hard to believe that uh, we made it as far as we did without uh, computers. You know, we got a, I got a, uh, we did a webinar last year, and it's available online. I believe it's on YouTube. Well, I know it's on our website here. Let me show you. Uh, let's go back to our website here, and I'll show you. I uh, go to our website uh, on the homepage, taltoa.com. Scroll down, and it says Taltoa, where to begin. Click on the Learn More. And that's going to take you to the uh, Freight Broker TV, uh, FBTV website. And there it is, an introduction to becoming and working as a freight broker. But in that video, we actually uh, talk about the old days of brokering. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I've touched on that before in the past. Where I, uh, I believe it was uh, Cincinnati. I was in Cincinnati this when I was a driver. And I hit a truck stop, and it was like one of the last truck stops to have the old-timey type freight brokerage in its uh, facility. And uh, anyway, you walked in, and you took a seat. Well, you checked in with the uh, broker. He had a desk. It was almost like a schoolroom, except there wasn't desk, but the chairs were lined up, you know, around. Kind of like the old uh, stockbroker's offices, you know, where they had the board up there on top and you could watch the uh, stock all day long that's really exciting but uh, you go and you check in with the uh, broker at the front of the room sign your name and wait for the broker to call you and go get your load that simple but anyways one of the last uh, freight brokers used to operate that way that's how they used to do it no fax machines none of that everything was by the mail uh but anyway in that uh, video uh, toward the beginning, I can't remember what the, the time is on it, but uh, first 10 minutes or so of it, it's talking about the history of uh, freight brokering, dispatching and all that. All right, very good. Hey, if you want some stuff, FBTV stuff, man, do we got it. Uh, check out our FBTV store. Uh, you'll find that on our website. Said you would, but anyway, maybe, maybe you don't. We'll have to fix that. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> For you people going down the road listening to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, I know this is kind of weird for you. Uh, 
because you're not getting in the video. All you're getting is the uh, the audio. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, if you're an insider, you're getting the video as well. Matter of fact, if you're an insider, if you missed the uh, insider live broadcast, uh, obviously you're going to be able to catch it, uh, watch it uh, via the archives. Anyway, uh, going back to uh, the headlines, Biden says Russia has some responsibility. That's just a fallback. And the FMCA suspends our service for a few hours. Everything's going up. Lumber. Lumber is hitting uh, record highs. I, I hit, hit on this, I believe, last time, getting a uh, new privacy fence put up. And uh, the guy told me, you know, that if we would have done this a year ago, would have saved $6 a foot, linear foot, which uh, would amount to a savings of over $1,000. Isn't that nuts? Now steel is in it, and now fuel is going to be in it. A lot of things have really been turned upside down since November, and now they're taking away the uh, extra $300 on the unemployment. Going to be stopping all that. Hey, I get you had to, I get it. You had to do what you had to do at the time when it was going on, but uh, people had to know that was going to come to an end someday. And now they got to go back to work. And speaking of that, going back to work, if you are a truck driver or if you have your own business, I've probably hit on this in the past, uh, but if you're a business, uh, you can claim 100% of your food bill, food and beverages, if you get it from a restaurant. 100% deduction, 100% deductible this year. And it's going to be that way till December 31st, 2022. Uh, businesses can claim 100% of their food or beverage expense paid to restaurants. Now, if you are a truck driver, you may not have thought about that but uh, in the past because you're per diems and things like that. But if you're a truck driver, owner-operator, lease operator, uh, yeah, you want to you want to save those food receipts. Uh, make sure your tax preparer knows, hey, you get 100% deduction on those. In the past, it's been, what, 50%, I believe? Something like that. Um, not C-store food. You can't go to a convenience store. You know, you can't walk into Flying J, go to their C-store and pull a sandwich out of the bin and call that a restaurant. No, that don't count. It's the restaurant itself. Now, you go into the restaurant, order a meal to go if that's what you need, or get them to build you, build you a sandwich or whatever and pay for it in the restaurant, it becomes tax deductible. This is important. If you are an owner-operator, freight broker, whatever, these expenses, uh, the, these receipts add up to savings on your taxes. And a lot of you are feeling that right now because uh, in just, uh, what, six days from today, it's May 11th when we are uh, doing this uh, podcast, this video podcast, and December 17th is your deadline. you got to mail off those checks, make sure you've got your... Uh, uh, taxes filed. Now, here's the deal. If you get an extension, I think the extension will be good through October. doesn't matter. You still have to have your taxes paid by the 17th. 
they'll give you an extension on filing the paperwork, but you got to have a payment in by the 17th. And if you didn't pay enough in because you didn't know because you got the extension, you're going to be charged penalties and interest on that. So keep that in mind as well. So don't want to scare anybody, but but uh, we're going to be talking about that a lot between now and uh, New Year's Eve 2022. About that 100% restaurant deduction. I understand what they're doing. They're giving restaurants that uh, opportunity to come back. You know, get people going back out to restaurants. Matter of fact, uh, well, I'm going to read this to you. Uh, businesses can claim 100% of their food or beverage expenses paid to restaurants as long as the business owner or employee of the business is present when food or beverages are provided and the expense is not lavish or extravagant under the circumstances. So I guess no uh, escargot <laughs> or whatever, if you like that kind of thing. No foo-foo food. But uh, where? Uh, again, it's uh, no C-stores. If you go into a restaurant and they uh, actually prepare no grocery stores, uh, nothing packaged for immediate consumption, it's, it's got to be, well, it's got to be for what it's made for, a restaurant, to help a restaurant get back on its feet, to encourage people, business people, to go back to eating at a restaurant. And I have taken advantage of that. Went to Red Lobster the other day. I was present. <laughs> so, therefore, it's a deduction. All right, questions, comments, messages. Uh, uh, if you've been, well, we did away with the phone number. We'll probably be getting another one here before too long. But the reason we did is simply because too many people were calling. They didn't know they were talking to FBTV uh, when they re- because we couldn't uh, create a custom voicemail, and people hung up. So what we are going to do is figure out some other way of working around that. I don't know what's wrong with Microsoft, why they don't just fix it so you can, or, you know, people can uh, check that out. But it is what it is, so we'll live with it. Let's see here. If you are watching during the uh, live broadcast, during this live broadcast, you got a question down at the bottom of the page is a chat area. You can ask your questions right there. And if we got time and I notice them in time, we will definitely uh, answer those questions while we're live here. If not, you can uh, find forums on our FreightBrokerTV.com website. Uh, Tautoa as well, Tautoa.com. Uh, there are forums there. Just go to the contact page or pick up the phone and call us. Uh, 479-668-0838. Uh, welcome to call, uh, consultation calls. Uh, first one, happy to do that for you, explain. We want our clients at Tautoa to be totally informed. Uh, right before the uh, podcast, which is uh, why I was a little late this morning getting started, if you are watching this live, uh, <clears throat> had a, a client, well, not a client, but somebody inquiring, and we get at this a lot. People call in and they go, hey, I want to get my broker's license, want to start a freight brokerage. And we usually have to spend a few minutes trying to explain to them, no, that's really not what you want to do. What you want to do is start as an agent. And there's plenty of information about that that on our website, uh, Freight Broker TV, why that is. But the long story short, uh, it doesn't matter if you start out as an agent or start out as a freight brokerage company working under your own license. You still have to go through that startup period. The startup period 
is where you have no customers, no income, you're building the business. If you have your own broker authority trying to do that, you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. You're responsible. The buck stops with you. You are the company. You've got to pay those uh, bond. You've got to pay for everything. Uh, you know, yes, you, you need your authority, $75,000 property broker surety bond, UCR and BOC3, to be a legally licensed broker. But what they don't tell you, uh, or what's not required, but you really want to have it in place before you even do anything with your authority, you want to make sure you have your corporation in place. And it's best to talk to your tax advisor as to what type of a corporation is set up. Probably they're going to say LLC to start, and they can change that up later on. <clears throat> but you definitely want that uh, LLC, that corporation in place before you do anything about filing any paperwork. Otherwise, you're going to have to go back and redo it. And believe me, you do not want to be personally liable for a $100,000 load that goes south and it was your fault. See what I mean? <laughs> you, you really want to have things in place to protect you. Uh, the other thing, too, uh, besides the authority uh, bond UCR BOC3, you're going to want insurances, be it contingent cargo, Arizona emissions, general liability. Uh, so there's a lot of things going into that. So by starting out as a freight broker agent, you're able to focus on building the business, gaining the experience, building a customer base. And when you get all that put together, be it a couple of months, six months, whatever, then you can start your, or, or, or get your own broker authority and start your own brokerage company because all those customers you acquired as an agent, they're going to be yours. That's the whole purpose of the mentorship program through Taltoa is to allow our clients to get out there and start building their business. And within three to six months, they're able to move on and start their own brokerage if that's what they want to do. And if it's not, uh, after that three or six month mentorship program, well, whatever the client has chosen, uh, they're going to be able to get a contract with the broker direct because they're, they're going to have the experience. They're going to have the customer base. They're going to be able to move forward, take that next step. All right, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, let's talk about the uh, what I started talking about before we topic of the day: load boards, load to truck ratios. Now, when I, I kind of switched gears and went to that because uh, I was going to start talking about spot mar spot market rates. Spot rates, understand, there's two type of rates. you got contract rates and spot rates. A spot rate is generally what the broker is paying a truck to move a load from point A to point B. A contract rate is what the shipper is paying the truck to move a load from point A to point B. <clears throat> now, in training, we recommend all of our clients use a spot rate tool when you are calculating rates because the spot rate tool is going to fluctuate with the market. Now, that brings us to this article, Spot Market, after hitting bottom a year ago. Now, remember, a year ago, we were pretty much right in the grips of COVID-19. People still trying to figure out what to do. Uh, a lot of politics involved. Not going to go and rehash all that, but a lot of things was going wrong. Uh, before that, the economy was pumping along. Inflation wasn't there. People were making money. Then the COVID-19 hit. And then we had a presidential election. Uh, we've had a lot of other stuff going kind of south here over the last uh, 
11 or 12 months has caused a lot of other issues that we're really not going to get into because we're here to talk about transportation, obviously. But uh, now, here we are a year later, and everything's upside down, but the spot market is starting to go up. Now, why is that? Well, simply because fuel's up. Fuel prices have gone up. Uh, yeah, diesel is at 3.18 a gallon this week. That's up four cents from last week. Cars uh, are up, uh, gasoline rather, uh, 2.96 a gallon, up seven cents from last week. So it's going up. Then you've got the lumber uh, issues. The uh, the the, the uh, prices of lumber is skyrocketed. Steel skyrocketed. Gasoline's going to skyrocket. They got a reason for that. Now uh, the pipeline. So it's going to be interesting to see. How, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if diesel and gasoline both shot up into. Uh, uh, over 10 cents a gallon next week. Wouldn't it surprise me at all because they're agreed. You know, there, there's a lot of that going on too. We can't uh, ignore it. But uh, flatbed and reefer rates, uh, $3 plus per mile as of the last week. Uh, spot rates, 268 a mile. Reefers, on average, 310 a mile. Flatbeds, 302 a mile. Uh, that, that's good. That's good. But you got to remember what's really going up when you see spot rates going up, is not necessarily the transportation rate, the line haul rate, it's the fuel surcharge. Uh, if you're a broker, even a trucking company, you're going to find that uh, it's easier to get a shipper to negotiate fuel surcharge than it is the line haul. Once you get that line haul up, they never go back down. You know, you're not going to go back down, but if you can. They're happy to go up on the fuel surcharge for a moment or two, uh, because they know they can take that back at, at any time. Uh, it's always been my rule as a broker when I was working as a broker. If I got a shipper at a higher rate than what they were used to paying, they never got to go back down. You know, if I had a shipper and they had been paying two twenty-five a mile, and I'm just pulling numbers out of the air, uh, they were paying two twenty-five a mile, and I got them up to like two thirty-five a mile. Uh, the next time the low came up, it was 235 a mile. And usually the way that worked in conversation was simply uh, when the low came up again, I'd bring it up. Yeah, we're doing it at the same rate we did last time. They go, yeah. And then they'd have to go back and look at me, 235 miles. So I'd never let them go back down. <clears throat> now, our topic of the day, we may go over a little bit today. Usually we try to th keep these uh, at uh, 25 or 30 minutes. But, well, we're making up for lost time for what we didn't do last week. <laughs> load boards. Load boards have a lot of information. They are nothing but data collection tools. <clears throat> so they collect a lot of data. And if they can find a way to use it to make it sound like it's something special, they're going to. Uh, one of those things, you'll find this on the DAT load board, not knocking it. I, I get where they're coming from. They got the data. Why not use it? And I applaud them for that because, yeah, it is interesting uh, and it is things you may want to take a look at, but don't, don't, don't bet the farm on what those numbers are. Uh, uh, they, they got a tri haul rate. Uh, we're not going to go into that. I think I got another. Uh, you can look on YouTube. There's going to be a video there about uh, tri haul rates. You can do a uh, search for that and see exactly what that's about. But uh, let's talk about load to truck ratios now. I know a lot, you know, I, I look at the trades all the time, and occasionally I'll see these uh, trade papers, trade magazines, 
talking a lot about load to truck ratios. It doesn't matter what load boards you're using, they're all going to have a load to truck ratio because they have access to that data and they can make that data do whatever they want it to do. Look at it, but understand what you're looking at is not 100% real. Now, what do I mean by that? Simply put, if you think about it, there might be five brokers working the same load. So that means that that load would be posted on the load board as an available load five times from five different brokers because five brokers may be working with that customer. However, a trucking company only needs to post their truck once as available. They don't need to post it five times. You know, if they've got five trucks available, they still don't need to post that truck five times. They only need to post it once. And just leave it posted. Just keep refreshing it. So when you see a load-to-truck ratio, uh, you may see, it may show five loads to one truck, a five-to-one ratio. Well, that, that, that load could be the same load posted five times. Do you see how that data is being collected? And then they turn it into that. Now, you can use that data... But just skim the surface. Don't go into it and think it's gospel. Like, holy cow, look at that. There's all kinds of loads coming out of Billings, Montana, or whatever, you know. Uh, there's no trucks in Billings, Montana, or whatever. It's it, it, it just those numbers and the way they use them is just not... It's a good reference. Like I said, skim, skim the information off the top, but don't make it gospel. You, you know what I mean? That makes sense. All right. Got a I want to talk about that, but I may save that till next week. This I do want to get to. Jonathan, uh, back right before I uh, kind of got ill, he was sending a uh, Request for some information. Jonathan says, hey there, I enjoy listening to your podcast during my LTL runs. I'm interested in becoming a freight broker. My question is, what are things I should pay attention to during my LTL runs that may benefit me in the future? Also, as I get my own authority and let it mature for a year, <clears throat> would you recommend I take advantage of the company tools to gain dispatch routing, terminal operation, and leadership experience during the authority maturity to benefit my future business? All right. A lot of things to talk about here. All right, Jonathan. Things you should pay attention to during your LTO runs. Well, first of all, if you're doing LTO freight, any of your customers uh, or pickups that also have full truckload freight, make note of it to start making friends with that shipping manager at that company. <clears throat> because you're going to be able to go to them and they'll remember you as long as you've got that relationship building going on. Uh, not going to worry too much about LTO in the beginning when you start your brokerage because you're going to find it's really hard to to make shippers happy that are true LTL shippers. Bottom line. Now, you may be saying, well, why? Why is it so hard uh, to make them happy? Uh, well, long story short, an LTL, a true LTL shipper, they are generally used to working with LTL carriers, meaning they can pick up that phone Call ABF, SIA, Averett, whoever. Uh, say, hey, I got a couple of pallets to go in that truck uh, backing up to the dock within a couple of hours. 
as a broker, that's going to be next to impossible for you to provide. You're just not going to be able to provide that kind of service. And now, with that said, if you got a full truckload shipper and they have the occasional LTL load, yeah, I'll work that left and right because they're going to give you a lot of time to move that load. It's kind of going to be, hey, I need a truck here in two hours. They're, they, they, generally, a full truckload shipper, <clears throat> they picked up the phone and they called an LTL carrier. And they got their jaw. Well, they broke their jaw when it hit the floor when they got told the rate that the LTL carrier was going to charge. And so that's why they're more than happy to work with the broker on an LTL load and give them all the time in the world. And what you're looking for in a situation like that is a truck routing through the area that maybe has a couple of two or three pallet spaces in the back of their trailer. It's just going to be free money uh, for the uh, carrier. So that's what you're looking for. <clears throat> what you're looking for starting out, Jonathan, is going to be truckload shippers. Truckload shippers. Uh, shippers that have full truckload freight, bottom line. Now, you say get your own authority. I'm assuming you're talking about your broker authority. Let it mature for a year. Okay. I get letting it mature. Uh, I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. You're talking about, okay, getting it. So when you start your broker operation, your authority is going to be brand new. However, you're still not going to have a credit rating. Okay. Now, and that's what trucking companies are looking at. If you've been in business for a year, you have no credit rating, that's going to scare some people off. So you got to be building relationships with the carriers. So you're not going to be able to do that till you start your broker operation. Now, that's why we recommend at Taltoa uh, to start out as an agent before you get your own authority. Now, here's why. One, uh, it goes back to what I was talking about a moment ago, but in your situation especially, you're going to be able to be, start developing relationships with shippers but at the same time, you're going to be developing relationships with the carriers that move your load. As an agent, you're going to be contracted to work under a licensed broker that has a credit rating in place. Now, when you're dealing with a trucking company as a broker agent, you're still the one dealing with that trucking company. You can build that relationship. So when it does come time for you to get your own broker authority, that trucking company, they know you. They already have a relationship with you. So they're going to trust you more. They're not going to look at you as a brand new brokerage. I mean, part of it will, but they're going to give you the opportunity. They will more times than not give you the opportunity uh, to move their freight and not come back to you and say, now you haven't been in business long enough or we want, uh, you're going to have to uh, give us some good faith money or, you know, we're going to have to have an advance on the load before we'll do the load. Now, all kinds of issues like that. Now in training, we talk about, you know, how to get around uh, most of those issues that uh, come up with a new broker. Uh, but keep in mind that it is a reality. Trucking companies want to get paid. You know, they've been burned too much. So they want to make sure the broker is going to pay them. So having that relationship in place, that's usually a very good start. All right. Uh, going to finish it up here. Let's see. Road check. Uh, the road check may be over, but uh, July 11th through 17th, it's Operation Safe Driver Week. Keep that in mind. CBSA uh, things probably, well, that's what they just did, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do something else here before long. <clears throat> uh, so keep that in mind if you're a driver, July 11th through 17th. Uh, it's going to be Safe Driver Week. 
engaging in risky driving behaviors in or around commercial vehicle officers. They're going to be issuing warning citations and things of such to violators. I don't know. All right. Can't make this stuff up. Do this and we'll get out of here. Truck driver wins $9.3 million lawsuit after he was run over by his co-driver. <laughs> now, when I first saw that headline, I thought uh, he sued his co-driver for $9.3 million. He'll never get it. And that poor co-driver. But anyway, that's not the story at all. Now, where did this happen? Where did this lawsuit take place to where the driver was awarded $9.3 million after he was run over by the co-driver? Three guesses. First two don't count. If you say California, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's see. California jury awarded a truck driver more than $9 million in a personal injury lawsuit he filed after he, after he was run over by his co-driver during an altercation with an employee on private property. On Tuesday, a jury in Fresno, California, I've been to Fresno a lot, used to go up there and pick up vending machines at Vendo. Coke machines, take them all over the country. Anyway, a jury up there sided with a 27-year-old Pennsylvania-based truck driver, Daquan Jones, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong, I'm sorry, uh, finding that property owner Hiller Aircraft Corporation in the city of Fireball were responsible for creating a dangerous condition on the property. Jones was awarded $9.3 million. Okay, this, this uh, happened back in July 2nd of 2018, so coming up on three years ago. According to the lawsuit, Jones and his co-driver had recently picked up a load of tomatoes and took a wrong turn onto M Street in Fireball. Now, uh, allegedly, there, uh, well, reportedly, I should say, had no signage indicating that it was a dead end. No outlet. And oh, as a truck driver, don't you just love those roads? The suit also alleged uh, that the street had been abandoned by the city decades earlier. Jones drove down M Street to an open gate on the property that belonged to Hiller Aircraft Corporation. Jones says that he asked a Hiller Aircraft employee for permission to turn around on the property. And they said, sure, no problem. He says as he attempted to get turned around and leave the property, the gate was shut by the employees, and a manager told him that he was not allowed to leave without paying 50 bucks. What a jerk. Jones and his co-driver exited the vehicle, uh, and the premises manager began an altercation because Mr. Mr. Jones declined to pay the 50 bucks, and I wouldn't pay him either. I would have called the cops. Uh, to leave the premises since an employee had previously given him permission to turn around. Jones was placed in a headlock and ultimately was thrown to the ground. The co-driver attempted to drive the truck out of the property and ran over Jones, causing him serious injury, not laughing. I can just, I, I see this happening in my mind and it's, you know, just nuts. Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, it's what the world is today. It started two years ago in Fresno, California. Anyway, Jones's injuries, holy smoke, he had a fractured neck, pelvis, 
internal injuries, traumatic brain injuries, and a major injury to his left uh, buttock, which required reconstruction and skin grafts. Jones uh, underwent almost 30 surgeries as a result of this incident. Only in California, huh? And that manager, you know, the employee said, yeah, go ahead. And then they locked the gate on him. That's just nuts. What are you going to do? I will sure be glad when the world gets right side up again, or at least the USA. Anyway, that's it for May 11th, Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Go have a great Tuesday, great rest of the week. Be looking for a new video on uh, YouTube coming up this week. We're going to continue our series on marketing this week. It's going to be about blogging, having a blog. The last video we did about marketing was websites. If you haven't seen that yet, check it out on YouTube. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, add us to your favorites. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a five-star rating. It just helps us uh, grow the podcast. Same thing if you're watching a YouTube video. Uh, it's highly appreciated. If you subscribe, hit that bell, and give us a thumbs up. helps the uh, channel to grow. All right, go have, a, go have a great Tuesday. Have a great rest of the week, unless, of course, you've made other plans. We'll, we'll be talking to you real soon. See you.